the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Pastor Vickers' uh, son, you know, uh, that guy, the, you know, so uh, anyway, so uh, I'm his son and um, we, uh, my wife Hillary and I, and in fact, I think, did were you guys able to get the picture, or do you guys have that picture that I showed? Yeah. No, no, they're shaking their head no. All right, all good. It's totally cool. Oh, okay, okay. All right, cool, yeah. So that's like, that's like an old photo. My kids are like a lot, uh, it's crazy, like just in the past few years, like they've changed a lot. And so uh, my oldest son, he's uh, about as tall as me and uh, a lot more like ripped and stuff. Like, it's funny, man, he'll like walk by or something and like, uh, after he's, like, you know, walk by in a towel or something, like, going from the bathroom to his bedroom or something, and I'm just like, God, I'm so jealous of him, you know? <laughs> like, what's up with that, you know? Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really bad when your, your, your kid is, like, your goal, your goal of where you want to be. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so he gives me something to shoot for. But, uh, anyway, so uh, my wife, Hillary, and uh, my two sons, Roman and Stephen. Uh, Stephen's about to be 14 in, like, a week. God. And then uh, Roman is uh, 10 years old, about to be 11. So both of them are in middle school. Steven is, uh, he's in middle school, but he's a crazy athlete. He's on the high school wrestling team. And so he's, uh, you know, slamming bodies and knocking heads for Jesus and uh, making big guys cry. So, you know, I'm like, yes, awesome, you know. I'm like the dad that's down there. Like, I'm right there on the mat, at least as far as they'll let me get, you know, without the ref yelling at me. And I'm just like, they're living vicariously through them. I'm like, Drew, come on, come on, take them down, take them down. Crack a skull. You know, do something <laughs> in Jesus' name. But, uh, you know, it's all good. It's fun, you know. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so um, we, uh, you know, we've uh, been at the Montgomery campus. And as Pastor Guy said, I mean, I basically just kind of do whatever, whatever needed to be done. Uh, started out there as a youth pastor, and uh, then uh, they needed a children's pastor, so I became the children's pastor. And uh, man, I, I, at first it was funny. Yeah, yeah, woohoo! Um, it was funny, you know. I took over children's ministry, and it was—I kind of took it over reluctantly. I was just kind of like, "Oh man, I like kids, but I really don't want to babysit somebody else's kids." You know, I mean, like, I'll, you know, I'll, I like kids from afar. You know, it's like, yeah, you're cool, stay over there. You know, but. Uh, I don't know. I just didn't think I had the patience. So I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wind up like going to jail or something because these parents are going to come like pick up their kids and they're going to be like all tied up and gagged like in the corner or something because I just don't have the patience for it, you know? But uh, nah, so uh, honestly, man, I fell in love with children's ministry. I, I, it, it's, it's, really, it's really funny because uh, a lot of times like the things God has for you are the things that you never thought that you would even want to do, you know? But then what's really cool about God is he knows you much better than you know yourself. And so the things that you think, you know, man, I would never want to do that could actually want to be in the thing that you love and something that you just think, man, this is something I live for now. And that's kind of how it became for me with children's ministry. I, I started working in children's ministry and I very quickly fell in love with it and I fell in love with those kids. And, and uh, man, it just every week it became kind of like my, my passion to try to uh, uh, just 
what can we do this week to make church awesome for these kids, you know? Uh, I told them, you know, my children's workers had an amazing team there. And I told them, I said, you know, my number one goal, you know, after making sure the kids are safe, is, my number one goal is, like, I want to make church fun, you know, because especially with kids, like, you know, cause, and it was funny because they, you know, at first uh, the workers, they'd be like, you know, shouldn't it be like teach them like the Bible or something, be the first priority and then be fun? I'm like, nah, because here's the thing with kids, like, if it's not fun, you can like read the whole Bible to them. They're not going to get one, one word of it, you know, it's going to be nothing to them. It's going to kind of like just glaze over, you know, and I'm like, these kids like sit in school all week long. I don't want Sunday to just feel like another class, you know, I want Sunday to feel like this is my place where I get to throw down. This is where I get to, you know, have fun and hang out with my friends. And I want them, you know, I was like, because if, if they're having fun, then we can teach them whatever we want, you know, and they'll get it, you know. And so that was our goal, man. We wanted to make church fun. I wanted, to, uh, I wanted kids at a young age to start developing a love for God's house, you know, so that by the time they got into youth group, and it was really cool because I started out as a youth pastor, you know, so I kind of did it backwards. And a lot of times you hear like people, you know, it's funny because like when I would tell people I was a children's pastor, they'd be like, oh, cool. Do you ever think you'll be a youth pastor? Work with teenagers, almost kind of like it was like a stepping stone. And, and I was like, man, sometimes at first I kind of took it personal. I was like, man, these kids aren't a stepping stone. These, t- these kids, man, this is where it's, this is, this is it right here, you know, because here's what I saw. And not teenagers are important, you know, whatever. But, no, <laughs> no, nah, nah, it's all good. But, you know, I, I, you know, I became a youth pastor, and what I saw is that I was having to, like, every week trying to break through these walls with these teenagers, you know? And some of them came from great homes. Some of them came from difficult homes. Some of them, you know, it was, like, difficult situations at school. And it was, like, every week these kids just kind of had like this, this wall around them, you know, even the girls, it was, it was crazy because like, like I remember this one girl, like, uh, she came in, it was when I first started becoming a youth pastor. And I was like, you know, I was like, I was like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm Steven. Nice to meet you. And she like, when she grabbed my hand, she like squeezed it tight, like a guy who's trying to prove something, you know, or something. And I was just like, Whoa, I was like, you got a strong grip there. She's like, yeah, you got to show him who's boss. And I was just like, you're like 12, you know, or whatever. I mean, what the heck, you know? And, but that's like what it was, I was dealing with, you know, and it's just like these kids, it was, they had like this super tough exterior and then the ones who didn't, they were like super recluse, you know, you talk to them and it's like, man, I mean, it's like pulling teeth trying to just get like two words out of them, you know? And, uh, I remember I was telling one of the guys that was working with me in youth at the time, I said, man, imagine like if we could have gotten to these kids before they got to this point in their life you know, before the walls went up. And uh, little did I know what God had in store. <laughs> he, was, he was preparing me, and he was trying to show me something. And so God was taking me on a journey, and he moved me into children's ministry, and, and like I said, I fell in love with it, and, and uh, it was awesome. It was so awesome, you know. Um, and I'll tell you, something's different about, one thing that's different about children's ministry is like, you know, you know, like with adults, you know, they'll come up to you, even if like you suck, you know, they'll just be like, man, that was a great message. That's cool. That's, that was really good. You know, but like kids, no kid ever comes up and says, man, Pastor Vickers, you know, I just, I just I want to tell you, you hit me right where I live. The message today, man, it brought me to my knees. You know, no kid ever said that, you know, like, so I'd go in there at first and I was like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to have these kids bawling and crying. I'm going to have them on their knees down at the stage. And they're just, man, they're going to, oh, they're going to remember this moment for the rest of their life. 
And so I'm up there and I'm like preaching my heart out. And these kids are just sitting there picking their nose, wiping it on their neighbor or something, you know, or like shoving each other. And I'm just like, come on, you know, like do something, you know, cry. I don't know, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, so you, you do all this and, you know, there were times where, you know, because it was a lot of work. I'm not going to say it was easy. It, it was, it was stressful, especially at first, but, uh, but I loved it. You know, I used to tell people, I was like, man, I've never worked hard in my life, but I've never had so much fun either. And, uh, you know, what would be cool is like two months later, a kid would come up to me and say, hey, Pastor Steven, I got to tell you something. I'm like, what's up? What's up, Tracy? And she'd be like, uh, I was at school and the teacher was saying, you know, such and such. And, and she got on to me, at, you know, about blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, all of a sudden, like, I wanted to kind of like talk back to her. But I remember what you said a while back ago. She was like, do you remember when you said da 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 I was like, yeah, I remember that. And she's like, well, I remembered in that moment what you said. And so, so I didn't do it. I didn't talk back. And, you know, and I just said, you know, yes, ma'am. And, and I just, you know, did what you said to do. And she's like, and then the next day, the teacher came and told me about how she's starting to see a change in me. And I was like, Tracy, I'm so excited. That's so cool. You know, and I'm just like, okay, these kids are listening, you know. And it's, you know, because there are times I felt like the, you know, the Charlie Brown teacher, wah, 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 you know. But, uh, man, I'll tell you what, like, it, it was surprising where God will take you when you just kind of, like, give him control. You just give him full control, which is really difficult, you know. Uh, it's real hard because uh, we have a hard time, especially in society today, being willing to fully trust, you know. Uh, we kind of have like a limit to our trust and we're kind of trained to be that way, you know, unfortunately. But uh, the thing with God that you have to learn is that you can fully trust him. You can give over complete control to him because here's what's really cool about God is if you'll do that, he'll take you places that you'll be happier than you could have ever been if you had done things your way, you know? Um, let me open my water real quick. That's good stuff. So, uh, let me share my story with you guys a little bit. Um, I'm, uh, I'm 33 years old and, uh, all my life. Like, I just, I wanted to do music. That was what I wanted to do. I wanted to be, you know, be a rock star, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it was really because, man, I just, I love music. I love it, you know. I mean, this is Memphis. I'm sure you guys know. I mean, you know a little something about music, right? You know, the Memphis area, blues and barbecue and, you know, all that good stuff. So, but, uh, you know, I, I love music. It was all I ever wanted to do. I remember as a little kid, I would, like, write love songs to my mama. And, you know, and they were terrible. But, you know, she was just like, oh, you're so sweet. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's what I always wanted to do. I mean, that was, like, my one goal in life. You know, all through, like, elementary school, junior high, high school. You know, I told everybody, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move to L.A. And I'm going to be a rock star. I'm going to do music. And that's what I'm going to do with my life. And uh, so I did. You know, like, I, I graduated high school and took off. Went to L.A., lived out in L.A. for 
uh, for a while. Uh, got married actually right out of high school. Got married like a month after I graduated high school. And uh, so my wife Hillary and I, we moved to LA and I was doing music and uh, man, you know, had, uh, had some, you know, like minor success, you know? Uh, but like, you know, I was talking to Pastor Guy last night and I was kind of sharing my story with him and, and had a lot of like uh, really close calls or whatever, you know, with uh, making it or whatever that means. And, uh, but that's what I wanted to do with my life. That was my passion. You know, I ate, breathed, sleep, music, and that was it, you know? And uh, no, no plan B, nothing. You know, growing up as a pastor's kid, people were always like, you know, oh, yeah, so you're going to be a preacher when you grow up, right? And I was like, heck, no, no, no. No, you know, I mean, I love God, I love the church, got a lot of respect for the ministry, but, you know, out of my respect for the ministry, I knew that, like, hey, it's not something you just kind of just be like, oh, I think I'll be a pastor, you know, it's something that you got, you got to, like, be called to do it, because uh, it's, it's not an easy thing, and uh, it's not easy on the family, you know, but uh, out of my respect for that, I was like, you know, if God wants me to be a pastor, he's going to, like, have to show up in my bedroom, like, be like, yo, Stephen, you're going to be a pastor. And I'd be like, all right, you know, that was kind of like my attitude about it. But all I wanted to do was music. And so I was doing music, pursuing music and, and, uh, had a lot of label interests and stuff multiple times, got songs on the radio and, and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, eventually, uh, we, you know, our kids were growing older. We wanted to get out of LA cause you know, we'd, our kids were starting to get the age of like getting in school and, we just really didn't want our kids growing up in L.A. It's definitely not like a family environment. Best thing about L.A. is the weather, and that's about it. So uh, we left L.A., and we moved to the Nashville area. And uh, we lived there for about two years. And I remember one day I was uh, on the phone with my dad. I was driving down the road. I was uh, working for Comcast. I was a cable guy. Cable guy. And... Uh, Unfortunately, not anywhere near as cool as Jim Carrey. But so I was driving down the road, driving down I-65, and I was on the phone with my dad. And, you know, and I was kind of like just kind of venting some of my frustrations with how things were going with my plans for music and all that. My plans. That was kind of the problem right there. But, um, you know, my parents, they had always been extremely supportive. Always extremely supportive. My parents were just like, hey, you know, like, whatever it is you want to do with your life, like, we back you. You know, we believe in you. And uh, amazing, supportive parents. And my dad asked me a question that he'd never asked me before. And he said, well, Stephen, he said, let me, let me ask you something. If you never make it in music, do you think you could be happy? And uh, I just kind of felt like a knot in the pit of my stomach. And I, I said, no, no, uh, I don't even want to think about that. I don't, I don't, I don't want to even, to even think about, like, not being able to do music. Like, that, that just, like, depresses me, you know? I mean, that's all I want to do. That's all I've ever wanted to do. And my dad said, Stephen, I'm not saying that it won't happen for you. And he said, but you can't let your happiness be defined by what you do. Your, your happiness and your fulfillment can't be defined by people or things or events because those things in life 
can change in a moment. He's like, the only thing that your happiness can truly be based on is God's love for you and the work that God's doing in you. He said, because that will never change. And he said, if your happiness will be based on that, then whether you make it or not, whatever happens, you'll be happy. You'll be fulfilled. And he said, because if your happiness is not based on that, you could get what it is that you're wanting. You could have all your plans come true, and you're going to find that you're still not happy. You know, and that's what you see a lot of times in Hollywood. You know, you see these guys, like, they have these gorgeous supermodel wives, and then they'll wind up screwing it all up, you know, with, like, sleeping with, you know, like, this chick who's, like, not even, like, anywhere near, like, what the world considers beautiful, you know, and compared to the wife. And you're just like, what the heck? I mean, dude, you got, like, the money, you got the fame, you got the, the gorgeous wife, the kids. You got everything that, like, the world says is, like, prosperity and, and like, fulfillment. And yet, like, you're just still just throwing it all away. And that's what the problem is, is that they're looking for something. It's not that they're just, like, trying to screw their life over. It's because they're looking for something to fill a void. And it's a void that we're all born with, you know? And it can only be filled by God. And God wants to fill that void. He wants to fill that need in your life. Here's, here's, here's what's really cool about God is no matter what you've done, no matter where you are in life, what stage you're in, whether you're 14 years old or turning 85, God still has a plan for your life. And God can still get you to the place where he wants to get you. No matter how far down the road or where you, if you're right at the beginning of it, God's got something big for you and he wants to do something big in your life. And he's powerful enough to make amazing things happen in your life. The key is that you are willing to give it over to him and just let him do things in you. Um, you know, I came today wanting to talk about vision. I know a pastor guy has been uh, talking to you guys about vision for the past few weeks, and, uh, and I love uh, your messages, man. I was listening to them on the podcast, and, and uh, I love the vision that you're painting. You know, Pastor Guy has a vision for this church. But you know what? Although the vision was coming from his mouth, the vision doesn't come from him. It's coming from God. It's something that, that he, he sees it right here. It's deep inside of him. That God has planted there a vision for this church, a vision for this city and the surrounding area. And the vision that God has is so much bigger than you could ever imagine or think, or even dream of. So much bigger and better. You know, I, I truly believe that no one ever even fully gets to realize God's full vision for, for their life. A lot of people get, you know, closer than most. But I think God's vision is so big for your life, it's almost, it's near impossible to even fully get to of what God has for you. Each year, if you're just going after God, there's no limit. It's just going to keep getting better and better and better. And what I wanted to share today is about 
that not only does God have a vision for you, but you need to have a vision for you. You need to have a vision for your life. Like I said, whether, whether you know, you're right here on the front row, you're one of these teenagers, and you, know, and you got your whole life ahead of you, you know, or maybe you feel like your life is behind you, and you just feel like, man, I've made so many stupid mistakes, so many stupid decisions. Yeah, I believe God can use me, and he wants to do things through me, but I, it's not that I doubt God, it's that I doubt me. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if, if I'm the only one in the room that's ever felt that way, you know, but I've felt that way plenty of times, you know. It's not, God, it's not, it's not that I doubt you or what you can do, it's that I doubt me. I've screwed up so many times. I've done so many stupid things. And I'm just at a loss for words that God would even still consider even wanting to use me. But that's where God's grace and mercy comes in. You know, I I had that conversation with my dad. And I got off the phone with him. And it really bothered me. You know, the fact that he said, you know, you know, what if you don't make it? Because he had never said anything like that before. And, and it kind of made me mad. You know? Like, I'm sitting here talking to you about, like, how I'm kind of depressed about how things are going, and then you're going to, like, kick me when I'm down and just be like, yo, what if it doesn't happen? <laughs> you know? And though that's not how it was, but that's how I felt. And I got over my anger, and, you know, and I, I was like, you know what, he's right. You know? I, need to, I do need to give this to God. You know, so so I, I made a decision. I said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Every day, I'm going to just start out my day, and I'm going to just say a quick prayer and just tell God, you know, hey, God, you know, whatever you want for my life, that's what I want, even if it's not music. So I started praying that, and I would be like, God, everywhere I'd say, God, whatever you want for my life, that's what I want. If your, your plan for my life is to do music, awesome. But if it's not, if it's for me to never even sing another note, play another chord, I'm fine with that. I was lying. <laughs> I was totally lying. You know, I'm, it was kind of like I was saying, God, even if it's not music, I, that's fine. I just want it to be your will, but please let it be music. You know, that's kind of how I felt, you know. But I didn't say that. I just, you know, I was saying the words. I was going through the motions. But here's here's the way God does things. God knows you're human. He knows that he he doesn't expect you to be perfect. He doesn't expect you to say, you know what, I'm going to get things right. And then you get things right. No. God knows you're going to screw up. He knows it's going to be hard because he made you. He knows how the human condition is. You know, you're sitting there. God doesn't expect you to be like, you know, I'm going to quit smoking and then put your cigarette down and never smoke again. I mean, yeah, it can happen. Most people, it doesn't. And God's cool with that. God's like, hey, you know what? You're a work in progress. I'm not trying to get you there today. My goal is just that you get there, <laughs> you know? And so I started praying it. You know, like I said, I, 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 I would pray it, and I meant it with my words, but my heart was just like crying on the inside, you know? But I just I kept doing it. I stuck with it. Every day I would pray, God, whatever your will is for my life, if it's to sit in the cubicle and just like, stare at a computer screen or push papers, which to me as like a musician sounded like the worst thing in the world, <laughs> you know, to just sit in like a little cubicle and stuff. And I, mean, I know some people are just like, man, it doesn't bother me, you know. But as a musician, the creative is like, you know, I mean, 
uh, especially when I was growing up, man, I had different hairstyles. It seemed like every week, you know, I'd like grow my hair long and then I'd cut it off and it'd be spiked up and then I'd have a mo- and then one day I was like, you know, I'm going to have a mohawk and I'd shave it and do a mohawk. I mean, I was just always wanting to try a bunch of million different things and I like change, you know, but I was just like, God, I mean, if your plan is for me to move to a jungle in the middle of like South America in a place, a village no one's ever heard of and start just like preaching to cannibals or something. I mean, whatever you want me to do. And I definitely didn't think God was going to call me to the ministry. But, you know, I was just like, God, I just want your will for my life. But I kept praying it every day. And what was really cool was after a few weeks, I started realizing that the prayer was actually becoming true. What once was just words coming out of my mouth and just kind of like just lip service, it actually started coming from my heart. And that's something that I didn't do. That was something God did. You know, because I put forth the effort to just take the step and do the physical action. You know, I can't change my heart, but I can control what I say. You know, I can start speaking things that I know I need to be speaking and then trust God to do the part that I can't do, change my heart. And God did. I... uh, came to visit our, 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 our home church in Montgomery for Christmas, and they uh, had just recently, uh, like, uh, their youth pastor had moved or something, and so they were without a youth pastor, and, you know, I was at the church, and I was just like, man, this is kind of messed up, like, the teenagers, like, need a youth pastor, you know, I saw the teenagers, they were just kind of sitting there in service, just kind of, you know, sleeping, you know, uh, looking at their phone or whatever, and I was just like, man, this is crazy, like, this, we're missing it here, like, these teenagers, they need, they need, they need a connection to God, you know, and so I went home and back to Nashville, it was really bugging me, it just kind of stayed on my mind, and I found myself late at night trying to go to sleep, and I kept thinking about those teenagers, you know, and then the next morning, I'd wake up, and the first thing on my mind was all those teenagers. And I found myself starting to think, I need to do something. This is really bothering me. I need to do something about this. So I started praying. I was like, God, is, is, I mean, is this what you want me to do? Are you wanting me to go and be these kids' youth pastors? And I found that as I started kind of opening myself up to the idea, I got to where I couldn't stop thinking about it. And a a burning inside of me just kept growing and growing to a a flame. And I told my wife, I said, I I think that God's wanting us to move back to Montgomery and work with the teenagers there. So I talked to my parents about it. and, And my dad asked me, he said, well, what about music? And I said, honestly, I know it's going to sound crazy, but if I don't ever do music again, I'm cool. He just goes, whoa. He was like, well, then that, that says a lot right there, you know, because he knew me. And what's crazy is this is just in a matter of months. This is just a few months after that conversation on the phone with my dad. But it was because I'd given over my plans to God and said, God, as bad as I want, as much as I want these plans that I've made to happen, More than that, I want your plans for my life because I know that ultimately your plan is what's going to truly make me happy. 
It's going to make me so much happier than my, my plans ever could. And so, I'm, you know, we, we packed up our things and, you know, uh, you know kids wait for the school year to end for the kids, and then we moved to Montgomery. And I became the youth pastor, and, you know, and God took me on a journey, youth pastor, children's ministry, and then uh, after a few years in children's ministry, God moved me into uh, the adult service. I started working with uh, the creative arts teams and uh, doing graphics and things like that, and uh, started working the worship team and helping lead worship, and, and I just I loved it. And God started putting a desire in my heart to be a pastor, which even during all that time of being a youth pastor, children's pastor, I never thought I'd be a, I'd be a pastor. You know, I was like, you know, nah, that's too much work. There's too much weight on my shoulders to try to, like, carry a whole church, you know. But God was taking me on a journey. And giving my desires, my plans, my life over to God allowed me to go on that journey with God. And God has a vision for your life. But he needs you to have a vision as well. Proverbs 29.18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Another translation, which I really like this one. I I forget which translation it is, but I love it. It says, Where there's no vision, the people wander aimlessly. And I love that because it puts it so clearly. They wander aimlessly. They're just kind of just going through life, no direction. I know I've felt that way sometimes. Have you ever felt like you're just kind of like, maybe it's your life, maybe it's just like your job or your marriage or school or whatever. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're in high school and kids around you are talking about, like, yeah, man, uh, I want to go to this college or, man, I want to go do this with my life. And you're just kind of listening to these people talk about it and you're just like, I have no idea what I want to do after high school. And maybe it's kind of freaking you out. But... You need to have a vision for your life because without a vision, like it says, you'll just kind of wander aimlessly, wasting time. I remember as a kid, we go to the beach a lot. You know, growing up in Montgomery, only three hours from the Gulf of Mexico. And so we go to the beach and, uh, you know, at some point I'd like get out on a float in the ocean and, you know, I'd even look at the clock to see what time it is. Ah, it's right there. It's hiding. All right, what time did I start? I have no idea. All right, we're good? <laughs> okay. But I'd get up on, you know, I'd get on a float and be kind of just like floating out in the ocean, floating along. I mean, you ever, you ever done that? Just kind of just chill in the water, let it take you and stuff. And so I'd be sitting there on the float, and, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, you know, I'd kind of look up over at the shore and kind of look to see where my parents were, and I didn't see them. You know, so then I kind of look for our umbrella. Okay, wait, what color is our? Okay, so I'll be looking. I don't see our umbrella. And I'll be like, I don't even recognize these buildings. Like, wh- what the heck? Where am I? You know? And I look, and like way down the sh- the coast would be like I'd see the hotel in the distance. I was like, how the heck did I get over here? You know? And that's that's how life can be when you don't have a vision. Is when you're not if you're not paying attention, it'll just kind of just take you just wandering aimlessly, you know, and one day you look around, and maybe 10 years down the road, and maybe 20, and maybe 30, 40 years down the road, you look around, and you're like, how did I get here? This is, 
this is not at all where I thought I would be. That's why you need a vision for your life. And God has a vision for your life. So if you don't know what it is, if you don't know what it is you want to do with your life, ask God. Start praying, God, what is your will for me? I don't care what it is. I'll do it. Because I know that that's what's going to make me happy. If it's to stay right here in Horn Lake and, you know, and work a job, I'll do that. If it's to move away to Juneau, Alaska, (laughs) I'll do that. I mean, whatever it is, God, I just, I want to do your will. Just let me know. God will start to give you a vision for your life. And let me give you three key points real quick about what you need to have a vision for your life. There's three things. The first thing is you need to know your purpose. And he's like, oh, wow, okay, just open a can of worms, Stephen. How am I supposed to have a vision for my life if I don't even know what my purpose is? Well, what makes you happy? What makes you sad? What makes you angry? What bothers you? You know, I went to Montgomery and, you know, what made me happy was music. What was bothering me was the fact that those teenagers didn't have a youth pastor. It bothered me to the point where I couldn't stop thinking about it. Maybe what bothers you is when you see kids that are having a difficult time in school. And they, it's not they're bad kids or anything, they're just, they're having a hard time, like, kind of just keeping up academically with the rest of the class. You know, and... and you know, the teacher can't really slow down the rest of the class to help this kid. And so this kid kind of starts getting left behind. And each year it gets further and further behind. Maybe that's what bothers you. Maybe, maybe you know, you have a calling to go and work with these type of kids because you, you understand how to communicate these subjects or whatever to them in a way that it would click. The light bulb would go off. I'm not saying that, you know, maybe that's what your job would be. Maybe it would be something you just do on the side, you know. Like you tutor these kids. Maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe it's building, construction. Maybe you, you love working with your hands. You, you've got a passion for men just building things, you know? And you've never really considered taking that step to actually start trying to do it outside of just your own stuff for your, yourself, you know? Maybe God wants you to go and start a construction company or, or to go and manage at a construction company or something or whatever, but start looking at your life. Try, start thinking about, okay, what makes me happy? All right, this. What, what, what makes me angry when I see this, you know? What bothers me? What, what excites me? What gives me energy, you know? Start asking those questions about yourself. Start looking at it, and you'll start to see kind of a pattern in some things, you know? I thought at first when I went into the ministry, I was like, man, what was all that waste of time? going and pursuing music. Why couldn't God have just let me know earlier about going in the ministry? But what I've learned since is that all those years where I was pursuing music, God was actually teaching me something that I was going to be able to use in the future with what God really was wanting me to do. I've got a passion for reaching the lost and reaching the next generation. And the way I want to do it is a lot of it has to do with through the arts, through music and, you know, basically anything. I love anything creative. So whether it's like 
you know, filmmaking or whatever, if someone like a kid, I want to take kids that they're like, and you know, I'd, I'd like to learn how to, to do graphic design. You know, I like to draw and I'm pretty good at it. I'd like to learn how to do graphic design. I want to be able to have it to where like kids can come to the church after school and start learning on the computers, using our computers, using our software, start learning how to do graphic design. You know, maybe something they'll do for the church after school or after they graduate. Maybe they'll work for a church. Maybe it'll be something that wind up being a career for them. They'll be able to go and work at a graphic design company. I don't know. But I want to give that opportunity, you know. That's something that I'm passionate about. And God is using all the decisions that I made in the past. He's going to use those for the good of what he really has for me. So the... The second thing, the first thing is you got to know your purpose. And you don't have to know it right now. Just start asking God, God, what is it my, what's my purpose? What is my purpose? Why am I here? The second thing is you need to have a plan. You know, they say that, uh, a, uh, was it, uh, a failure to plan is a plan to fail. When you don't make a plan, you're just going to kind of let anything happen. And that's the problem. Anything can happen, <laughs> you know? And so you need a plan. And what, something easy to start with is to say, you know, what's a five-year plan, you know? What do you want to do? You know, maybe you're in high school and it's like, all right, you know, well, five-year plan, okay, I'd be a senior in college or something, you know? All right, so what is it that you want to do after college? All right, well, if that's what you're wanting to do, then what do you need to start doing right now to get there? All right? If, you need, if this is where you want to be in five years, then where would you need to be in four years? If that's where you'll be in four years, then where do you need to be in three years? Where do you need to be in two? Where do you need to be by the end of this year? All right? And start kind of planning out steps of kind of like milestone markers, where you'd want to be. The third final thing is you need to know that plans change. And you have to be cool with that. You know, the Bible says in uh, Proverbs sixteen nine, it says that... We can make our plans, but the Lord directs our steps. And you need to make plans. You need to have a vision. But you've also got to understand that you don't see the whole picture. God does. And you have to trust that, hey, God, you know, things aren't really going according to my plan and the way that, you know, even though my plans were to do this for you or whatever, you know, I thought it was what you want me to do, but it's not happening that way, so I trust you. Direct me. Let me tell you a little something of how it is to walk with God, and then I'll close. Walking with God is kind of like this. Imagine if you're outside, and you're walking next to a wall, and there's this really big, tall wall that you can't see over. You don't know what's on the other side of the wall. But I see, say, that, that speaker right there. And I feel like God's saying, Stephen, that speaker's where I'm wanting you to go. And so it's like, all right, that's where we go. So you're walking along this wall, and this whole time, you're directing all your energy, all your decisions, all your plans, everything you're deciding to do, all your choices is to get you to the end game of being at that speaker because that's where God, that's where I believe God's wanting me to be. That's what God has for me. So you get there, but then all of a sudden you get here, and the wall has ended, and you see there's something over there in the distance like a big tree. And God's saying, Stephen, the tree, that's where I'm wanting you to go. 
God, you told me to, you want me to come over to this tree right here. Well, you couldn't see that big tree before. You couldn't see it. So God was just trying to get you to a place that you could see because you didn't have the capacity to see what it was he was actually wanting to get you to. And that next thing may not even be it. It's just the next step will come after that. You know? And that's the way God leads you. It's kind of like with Abraham. God said, Abraham, I want you to go. Where? (laughs) To the place that I will show you. (laughs) Abraham's kind of like, all right, God, I mean, can you like give me like, like east, west, north, south? I mean, like what direction? God's like, just go. Okay, <laughs> you know, all right. But God's not concerned about like the, the, like you getting all the steps right away. He's just concerned about you walking. You just get going. My dad always says, hey, you can't steer a parked car. So don't just sit there and try to figure out what to do. Just start doing something and trust that God, the Holy Spirit, will start saying, no, don't do that. Okay, let me do this. Yeah, yeah, over there. Okay. No, no, don't go that way. Okay. And so, you know, God starts steering you. You know, it's kind of like turn-by-turn turn directions. And if you get off track, God will reroute you, you know, recalculating, you know. Your GPS, your God's positioning system, you know. But if you'll just lay your plans down and give it over to God and tell God, God, I just want your will for my life. You direct me. You direct my steps. Whatever it is, I'm fine with then God will start to reveal his plan to you. He won't tell you all of it up front, and there are reasons for that. One reason is because you're not ready to handle it. If God had, when I was in Nashville and I was wanting to do music, when I first started praying that, if God said, I want you to start a church, I would have been like, heck no, 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 no. You know, I would have freaked out, and I would have just been like, no, I'm good. Uh, Get thee behind me, Satan, you know? I wasn't ready for it. The other thing is because, you know, the devil, God knows that if, the de- if, God, if God was just tell you everything that he's wanting to do, the devil would just immediately start trying to put up roadblocks to stop it. You know? The devil didn't know that Jesus was going to be the Messiah when Jesus was being born. He just knew that it was going to be a baby born in that time period. You know, if the devil had known, he would have tried to tell, like, you know, the kingdom, like, you know, all right, go to this, go to Bethlehem, be standing right here at this manger, and when they show up, kill them. They didn't know. All they knew is just, you know, the devil just knew it's, it's going to be somewhere in this time period based on the prophecies. So he just had, you know, the king kill off all the babies that were around that age, you know? <laughs> and so God, he's only going to let you know, you know, it's a need-to-know basis, what you need to know at that time to do what you need to do. Um, about to close I just want to real quick I want to pray maybe you're in this room and and you're thinking Stephen I have no idea what I want to do with my life I have no idea what my vision is I I don't know what my purpose is I don't know what God has for my life I want to know but I I just don't know you know I want to pray for you so every head bowed every eye closed if you're in this room and you feel that way, you feel like you're just kind of wandering aimlessly through life, whether it's your, your actual life or maybe it's your marriage, 
you don't have a vi- you once had a vision for your marriage of what it was going to be, and now you feel like that vision's been destroyed. Maybe it's a vision for your job, your career, or you know, your kids, and you feel like that vision's been destroyed and things have just gotten screwed up and you feel at a loss. Whatever it is in your life that you feel like you need a vision for, you need to know its purpose. I want to pray for you right now. If that's you, just just slip your hand up and I want to pray for you. We got hands going up all around the room. Thank you, Father. All right, you can put your hands down. Father God, God, I thank you, Lord, that you have a vision for our lives. You love us so much. No matter how many times we've screwed up, you still have a plan. You've never given up on us and you never will. God, I pray right now for every person in this room that raised their hand and they, they say, Stephen, I, I don't know what it is. I need God to answer me. I need an answer. I need a vision. I need a purpose. I, I, I've got questions that are unanswered about my life, my kids, my marriage, my job. I, I feel like I'm just wandering aimlessly through this situation. No direction. I pray for them right now. And if there's anyone in this room, God, that they didn't raise their hand, God, I thank you, Father, that you see their hearts. And I pray for them right now, God, that you still work through them. God, I thank you, Father, that you're not through with us yet. You're not through with us. You love us and you have a plan for us that is going to be so much greater than anything that we could ever ask, think, or imagine. I thank you, God, that you make us clear to hear. Clear out the distractions. There's so many distractions in this life. It's easy to to get off focus. Help us. Show us what it is that we're to focus on. What is the next step that we'll take? Reveal the next step that each person in this room is to take and then give them the courage and the strength to take that step. Whatever it is. Maybe it's to keep doing what they're doing. Help them, Lord. If they're in this room and they're feeling, I just don't feel like I can keep going. I'm giving up. God, strengthen them. Empower them, Father. Give them the strength to carry on. I thank you, Father, that you make your will known to us, Lord. I thank you, God, that we are our Father's sheep. We know his voice. We follow his voice. And the voice of the stranger, we do not hear. You speak, God, and we will follow. Just make your will known to us, and we'll do it. listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.